Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, 15 minutes on the timer. And the subject suggested by Ben Taylor, who listened to this podcast, it, his suggestion is, what is the point? Um, that, that's a great question. And it's the, or why, I think, is, is, is a great question. Um, and it's kind of quite a deep question. Uh, but when you say, what's the point? I guess he's talking about life and existing, right? Mm. That's what I took from it. And when I was in my early 20s, I had what could be described as a bit of an emotional breakdown. Now, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say I was falling apart and couldn't function, but I, I didn't function very well. And a part of that emotional turmoil that I went through was a, a, a bout of ex- existentialism and nihilism, meaning that I didn't see the point. I couldn't see the point. I didn't, not that I wanted to end it, but I didn't understand why we're here. What is the point? How could, how could this conceivably have happened that we're suddenly conscious of our of our world and have no idea how we came to be if you as long as you don't believe in creationism like mm. and and the idea that a meteor hit the earth and over millions of years or whatever it is created life is also in, it's about as inconceivable as believing in god so what is the answer? And, we'll, and the fact that we'll never, ever know is terrifying. That's really interesting. I'm, I've never had a sense of a, a crisis as such about the, the nature of existence. I've never thought too deeply about it. And strangely, I, ne- I never really, I never think too much about death either. I don't worry about death. I know lots of people worry about death. And I think that comes with, I think when you have children, that probably changes your perspective slightly. But um it's not something that's cropped up in my way of thinking. However, I do often, I do often consider um, what I do and whether I'm adding good into the world, if that makes sense. 
And what in my more reflective moments, I, I sometimes think things like, I want to quit my job and become a teacher or a doctor so that I can do something that helps people. And I, I need to feel like I'm adding value to the world in some way. Um, but that's as far as it's got for me. I, I Just like a sense of purpose, I suppose, rather than questioning yeah. the very existence of us. So my... Um... My position back when I was 20s, if you would have said that, it was like, would be, what would be the point? Like, by doing something good and feeding the world, what are you, what, what are you actually doing? You're feeding, mm. you're creating a false sense of worth. And, mm. and mm. That, that doing good is just a social idea. And there is no such thing as good and bad. And there's something that I used to think about a lot was, if, if being alive is about surviving as long as you can, if that's the point, then what would I do in a situation where a truck was being driven at a young girl for 80 mile an hour? And I could, I had the opportunity to save that girl. Would I do it? Now, obviously the, the part of my brain that wants the reward that wants to be seen as a hero would, yes, of course, because the reward of being seen as a hero is incredible. But also, in terms of just surviving, it's literally the worst decision. Like, let the girl die. Don't put yourself at risk because mm. the point of being here is to be alive for as long as possible. That's the mindset I was in. And, um, and, and now I realise actually, yes, yeah, save the girl. It feels great. She gets to live. The likelihood of you dying in that instance, if you see it early enough, is pretty, pretty slim. And you've done a good thing. But then that leads me on to another question about altruism and whether or not that exists. That's, 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 that was how my brain was working. Like, what is altruism? Why do we do good things? And if we do good things to feel good, then that isn't altruism, is it? It's not something... It's not, you're, you're not doing it purely out of a selfless act. And, um, yeah, so all that shit was going through my head back in the day. And, um, and, but, and, and I kind of got around it. I've got over it. I've got, I've got past all that. I stopped reading certain books, to be honest. Um, I was going to say to stem from what you were reading at the time, but like, what was yeah. your, what, what led you to that point where you would question everything, where you would just be analysing decisions or thing, events that happened in your life? Like, what, describe what you were doing at that point. I, I had this crisis that came out, uh, a crisis come out of nothing. I don't know where it came from. It just suddenly hit me. I suddenly become aware of my own mortality. That was there was no events that happened that changed your perspective. I was lying in bed. And it occurred to me that I was at the time 23, 24 maybe, and I'd probably lived a quarter of my life. No, fuck, no, a third of my life maybe. And that was an a terribly um, scary thing to think about, to ha suddenly mm -hmm. have this wave of, wave of realisation that I'm not going to be here anymore, that I've I'm having for some reason now confronting my own mortality. Um, and... Um, it was actually, it was actually a book uh, that, that, that led me on to think, what's the point? Sorry, it led that I went from that being scared, panic attacks, uh, being scared about dying, to contemplating the point of it all and why are we here? And if we're here just to die, how cruel can that be? And you know all that kind of stuff, all the cliche stuff that you go through when you're when if you do go through it when you're younger. Uh, and I was read, I was reading a lot of depressing books, Darkness at Noon, Arthur Koslow, which is an incredible book, but. It, it doesn't leave you crime and punishment. And I'm not reading, I'm not reading off books to sound intelligent. It's just, that's what I was reading at the time. Um, 
even things like uh, George Orwell's 1984, which I won't spoil mm. the ending, but it's it's a, it's, it's a book of hopelessness. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and and so I was reading these books that were feeding me, and this this idea, and and then it was actually a book about. I feel like I'm hogging the limelight here, mate, but the, the, there was a book about called the uh, um, the outsider or l'estranger in um, French is uh, Albert Camus. And it's about a man who feels nothing. Uh, he he has the, the things, the trappings of, of life and the things that make people emotional doesn't have that impact on him. And he um, he goes about his life. The first, the, first, the first line of the book is, mother died today or was it yesterday? I can't remember. And that's stuck in my head. It, it will never leave because that's what I was feeling at the time. It, it's, it doesn't matter. Like my mum's dead. It, it might have. Ha- I don't even remember when it happened. It's that inconsequential because nothing means anything. Anyway, it goes through this process, and and I found the book so comical because it was so close to where I was feeling back then that um, that it got me out of it because it made me feel I was, it's okay to feel hopeless. It was okay to to not know where you were going or or to not have any direction and not fit with how everybody else was fitting in society. And from that point, I remember it actually because I was on a plane going to Prague, Spurs versus Slavia Prague, and I was reading this book and the elation that it wasn't strange what I was feeling uh, really helped me out of it. And I found a lot of the book quite funny because, like I say, it's not a funny book, but it was quite so close and comical to me that other that this had been written. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm the same. I, I really enjoy existential media, be that books or tv or films or whatever yeah but i find that for me i'm i'm able to completely detach myself from what i'm reading and i don't know if it's that i don't truly i don't truly question these things myself so so i'm not in a sense i'm not getting it um and it's not it's not it's not hitting me as hard as it hit you during that period of your life and i'm kind of I'm reading it almost as an outsider, someone looking in, looking at people who think in this way and, and questioning things, think in, in a sort of sneering way, I suppose, thinking, well, that's ridiculous. But uh, at the same time, it's that self-preservation, isn't it? I'm, I'm quite happy to be um, distancing myself from from an existential crisis because it means that I can just go on enjoying little things. And what I've found as I've got older um, and matured in my in the way that I approach the world I definitely find my connection with nature, for example, just gives me so much like day to day happiness. So, for example, this morning I was sat doing some work um, at my breakfast bar and I looked out the window, just saw the sun behind a tree and I saw a bird eating some some seed on the bird feeder. And it genuinely it made me smile. It made me think, you know, it's not all bad, is it? Just yeah. for a moment, I just I had that kind of sense of of lightness, um, and and little things like that, like little gestures, and certainly for me, the connection with nature is really important. Like, like getting an allotment that just completely changed that for, for me, and being out in the peace and quiet, and surrounded by bird sound and greenery, and my own vegetables that I'd grown from scratch in the soil, that that made me that grounded me in a sense of. Um, this is it. This is this is life. Like all the other stuff that happens around this is just noise and 
stuff to keep us entertained along the way, but actually this is living. And I don't know, I, I can just float between those those thoughts and, and the fact that I protect myself by not thinking about death too much and not thinking about where we all came from too much, I think is probably in some ways unhealthy, but at the same no, time improves not, my life. <laughs> it's not unhealthy. It's not unhealthy. What's, what's health? Health is about happiness and, and, yeah. and feeling good. That, the healthiest people are those that are, that are happy and are grateful. For you to look out at that bird and see it eating and the sun coming up and to be grateful to be able to see that is incredible that's that's what people strive to be to, i i i'm 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 lucky enough to have actually have that that appreciation whereas I, I i went out and i was watching tadpoles in my pond the other day we built a pond last week um, so a couple of weeks ago and frog spawn arrived and tadpoles came and i sat with the kids and i watched the tadpoles in the pond and it was incredible and i forgot about everything for for 10 15 minutes we just talked about it I talked about the tadpoles and talked about them turning to frogs and the chickens probably eating the frogs and that kind of stuff. And watching the chickens walking around the garden, like it's, I'm lucky and I've, I've got to a position where I appreciate that. And, and the closest, like I've done lots of drugs in my life, but the closest I've got to a natural high is, um, is walking through the forest, through mm. the, dog, the woods near, near me. It's, it's about appreciation. And, and, and really when you come to a realisation where you don't have to know why, that it's not, the be all and end all and it doesn't matter why it doesn't matter what the point is it's just enjoying and 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 being appreciative and 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 grateful for what you've got i've found that a lot of people there's a lot of sort of thinkers and self-help books that say like there's, there's problems with the the, the the five lists of gratefulness where we wake up in the morning and you go i'm grateful for five things i do it every morning i'm grateful for five things and they, there are people that are critical of this idea but if I'm in a bad mood and I list the five things, it helps me get through it because you're appreciative of what you've got and the fact that others around you don't have as much. It's um, training yourself to focus your mind in a particular way, right? And it helps, mate. It really, really helps. Um, yeah, it really does. I, I, I mean, there's the, the, the kind of visualising uh, uh, what you want and being grateful for what you have is, uh, is a really helpful thing. And it, and it genuinely works. It's not. It's not. I'm. I honestly was the most cynical person under the sun. But I'm. I'm willing to um, to suspend that if it makes makes it makes my life happier. And 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 one of the things why I appreciate people that are religious, like Ricky Gervais. I love him, right? But he pisses me off. Like he's he's atheism sort of flag waving stuff. And Richard Dawkins as well. I understand that religion is is a, is a cause for much horror in this world. But also people that have faith. Uh, I just, you know, how many times in my 20s I just wish I had faith. I wish I believed mm. just this because this would be so much easier. Um, yeah, I know I, I can appreciate that view as well. And I also think, although I don't believe, I don't believe in a deity, um, I do believe in the value of people coming together for a common cause, hence my love of football. And I think some, some moments in my life in church be that for a wedding, for a funeral, for whatever, they, they make you can really like, they, they almost, they make you connect with your fellow person in, in a way that other things almost can't. And particularly like simple things like singing hymns or singing whatever songs it might, humanist songs, I don't know, whatever songs you might be singing. Mm. The, the, the way that um, churches and other places of worship are, are built, 
make this kind of cavernous sound, which is so, so uplifting. Yeah. Like singing, singing Christmas songs at Christmas in church is an unbelievable, unbelievable feeling. If you've never been to church around Christmas, I highly recommend it. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally appreciate what you're saying there. Um, I I'm, <laughs> I don't want to be the, the 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 dickhead, the contrary dickhead, but I I'm never more bored on this planet than when I'm even, when I'm when I'm in a church. It's weird, really. Like, I I don't I don't like them. I don't like I don't know how you feel inside. Um, and I don't want to go there at Christmas. But <laughs> if you enjoy, I wonder, it, I wonder if that um relates to what you went through in your twenties, like the idea of questioning yes. where it all began. Yeah, and maybe the death angle because obviously. Funerals, I I love funerals. Funerals, I I if I go to a funeral, I'm crying if, even if I don't know the person. Like you go, I went to support Ollie at a funeral a little while back, and I had n- never met him, and I'm like in floods of tears, and I'm like, why, why? I don't know. It's, that's, uh, it's, that's the way that society is has made us feel about them, isn't it? It should be a celebration, but it's it's very hard to get into that mindset. Our 15 minutes are up. 